Hey folks, Pam back from Down for Pause. Another week full of, uh, well, just one topic that you guys have been asking about, um, how to train your dog to be a service dog um, or training a service dog in general. Um, that's actually, Scott, like one of the biggest questions I get when clients really? call. Oh, yeah. Like the number one question besides all the unwanted behavior is how yeah. to train their dog become a service dog. So I thought that would be a great topic to kind of um, touch on. Yeah. Um, also to debunk misconceptions about service dog, a lot of stuff about public access and where they're allowed and where they're not allowed, and basically just how to do it yourself if you want to and reaching out to other organizations. But what I want to clarify first is what is a service dog? Yeah, because I was, I was kind of curious because it's very like, general and then you don't know if it's like an emotional support dog if exactly dog, if it's like um i don't know there's just so many things that pop into my mind when i hear about that so yeah let's uh, let's clear it up yep so a service dog is a person um it's, it's, it helps a person um with a disability um lead a more independent life and the difference between a service dog and an emotional support dog and a therapy dog is a service service dog is trained um to do work or perform a task for a person with a disability. So whatever that person's disability is, suppose, you know, they're immobile and they drop something so you could train that dog to actually pick up stuff for that person. So that's the biggest difference with a service dog. They actually are a person with disability and they have to um, know or be trained to do a specific task. Um, an emotional support dog, um, that dog is more there to comfort a person. So it's kind of like a dog that you have and it's just there, there to kind of comfort you. Um, they don't know any specific task. It's just there for you. Uh, the therapy dog um, is also an emotional, kind of emotional support dog. But the difference with an emotional um, therapy dog is they're able to go into schools, hospitals and stuff and provide comfort to people in that um, manner. Um, so when I you know, hear people talking about service dogs, I just want them to be clear on what type of dog they are trying to train. So I guess the first step will be starting there. It's like, you know, are you really trying to train a service dog or are you looking for an emotional support or therapy dog? So yeah. those are the things to kind of figure out first. And so when clients call me um, during, you know, the intro calls and stuff, we kind of, you know, touch on a little bit of that. And then when I go out to them, then we can kind of figure out their goals and stuff. And I actually help them figure out what will be beneficial, whether it's emotional support, therapy, or yeah. um, service dogs. Okay. Um, yeah. And I know, what, what kind of dogs do you have again, Scott? So I have a Sheepadoodle. So he's like pretty mild temperament for the most part. He's a little reactive on leash once in a while. But I know when he was younger, we kind of considered it. But I think we were more in the lane of like emotional support and visit hospitals type of thing. We weren't really like service yeah. dogs to then go with the, uh, a person to help them with their disabilities and that sort of thing. Exactly. So pretty much any dog can be a service dog, but there's certain requirements for that. But Going, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but going yeah. back to the breeds. Um, mm -hmm. So service dogs can be anywhere from small, they can be large, they can be any size. Um, the ones they can execute the task that you need them for. Um, so for example, um, what they say, a papillion, um, sorry, a, a papillion is not like ideal um, for a person with a wheelchair, but yeah. it can make a good hearing dog. Or like Great Dane dogs, St. Bernard's and Bernice Mountain dogs, those are a little bit bigger. So those yeah. are actually good for like um, mobility assistance and stuff like that. So before you even think about, um, yeah, if you currently have a dog, you just might want to kind of figure out, you know, um, the breed of the dog you have and whether they could perform those tasks. But what are their strengths, I guess, right? Exactly, their strengths. Yeah. 
But if um, you're looking into getting a dog, you want to make sure the size that you get or the breed that you get can perform the task or what you're looking for, whether it's, um, well, at this point, we're talking about service dog task work. So you want to make sure they can perform the task that you want. Um, Also, um, toy poodles can um, do early scent training, stuff like that. So there's little things that certain dogs can do better than others. Um, yeah. So you can take that into consideration and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Like when you reach out to speak to someone about service dog training and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, but the most um, common breed um, for service dogs are either lab retrievers or golden retrievers yeah. or German shepherd dogs, because they're just good for temperament. Um, if you think about it, service dogs, even though we want them to help someone with, dis- uh, with a disability, we want them um, to be mild mannered and temperament. We want them to be um, clingy, actually, to their um, uh, to their individual. You know, so there's certain things and temperament that we look for in a service dog early on when they're a puppy. And so those are some of the things, you know, I hear a lot from clients like, you know, my dog's actually really sweet and great, but it's more than your dog just being sweet and great. Um, there's certain things that we actually look for when training um, a service dog. And one of those is to be kind of mild mannered. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Um, Another question I kind of get, uh, well, I do get about service dogs is like, where do I get a service dog? How yeah. much does it cost to train a service dog? Um, so there's two ways um, you can go about getting a service dog. So one of the popular ways is to go through a nonprofit organization in your area. That's, but the key point is making sure it's reputable because um, you don't want to have a, you know, a service dog you pay all this money for, and then it doesn't end up, you know, being suitable for you. So what you, do you, what do you look for to figure uh, out the reputable? So, um, longstanding history, um, uh, within your community or wherever they're living. Um, a lot of, if they're doing any type of socialization early on uh, with the dog and yeah. we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, training earlier on. And if they do temperament testing and kind of wean out, we, you know, okay. dogs are suitable for yeah. um, service yeah. dog um, work and stuff like that. So just see what kind of foundational setup they have. But essentially, if they have some type of socialization going on, um, if they're a breeder or even if they're, you know, a, you know, a person that you're getting it from, so some type of socialization, any type of basic obedience training. And the big one is like some type of temperament testing um, just yeah. to make sure they're suitable um, to become a service dog. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so going back to the cost of service dog training, and I know um, I, um, I feel I'm affiliated with an agency where, you know, I actually help as well as do private training with service dogs. But if you go with a nonprofit organization, it is a lot of work. Um, it's the service dogs come in almost every day from nine to two um, training treats. Um, so the cost is around twenty five thousand. Oh, wow. yes, because it's not like something where you just take a class and it's done. It's like a lifestyle and a commitment. So it could take all the way up to two years to can train a service dog to get them where you need them to be. Um, so part of the um, I'll, I'll talk to you guys about why the cost is so much as well. So part of the cost is either trying to either paying the um, agency that you're going to get your service dog from um, for training, like I was talking about. Or if you have to pay a private private trainer like myself to do this training, um, it, it may be a little bit more. It may not be twenty five thousand. It may be around that. But not saying twenty five thousand all at once. But after you do the you know months and months of training yeah. for years and years, it does add up. But yeah. 
you start off with um, in increments. And also, um, you want to think about, you know, the financial needs of a service dog once you get them um, in, as it relates to the cost. Um, far, again, going back to finding an organization, like I said, just looking around in your neighborhood, not in your neighborhood, looking like Google Land, talking yeah. to people, friends, always help other dog owners, um, trying to get a sense of, you know, who's like the in-person for like breeding or service dogs and stuff like that. But I encourage people like take your time and do your research. And I know like getting a dog is really exciting, but just take, especially if you know for a fact that you're going to um, want a service dog to do task work, just take your time, look into yeah. the dog, look into the breeder and just, you know, do your homework. Um, the other way is to actually train your dog to become a service dog. And that's like the number one inquiries I get is yep. how to train my own dog to, um, to become service dogs. So the thing about training your own dog is, believe it or not, that um, the ADA doesn't require service dogs to be, be um, professionally trained by organizations. So you can't do it yourself. Um, you just have to be an individual with a disability and you have the rights to train your dog to become a service dog. Um, as part of the service dog training, one of the biggest things that people ask about, and that's why people are so, okay, is, you know, can I have an emotional support, support dog, a third yeah. dog, a service dog, is the public access of it all. Can you take your dog everywhere with you? So unfortunately, service dogs, yes, you can take them with you everywhere by law. You have a disability, so you can't take them places with you. So they do have public ass access. But therapy dogs and emotional support dogs do not have that public access um, because they don't have um, that task. They don't have the, they don't have to do a task for you. They just like, not essential, basically. Like the there's kind of a line, I guess, where it is essential and like yeah, really, but. For the actual, like the way I think the laws and everything, it's it's classified yeah. as not essential. Yeah, I mean, you know, essentially, yeah, we have to put some laws on it because everyone would want their dog to be with them everywhere. And so, sure. if you have a disability, then it's like, yeah, you can go ahead and train your dog to become a um, uh, um, service dog. So, going back to dog, um, so. I talked about breeds and stuff. So some of the things that you should look for um, when you're searching for a service dog, um, I have my little list here. So um, a service dog should be calm in unfamiliar settings. So it's okay if, you know, it's a normal startle. Like if you drop something, they're like, oh, what's that? But they shouldn't be like lunging and barking and stuff. They're there to help you. So they have to be calm under all circumstances, no matter what. So a lot of training is around distractions and being out and about and getting them used to all those environments and situations, which their handler may be around so they could be more comfortable. And, you know, it kind of sensitizes them to think like, oh, you know, that's nothing. So you want to make sure that um, the dog has a... Um, can be calm. Um, you also want them to be alert, but reactive. Okay. So he is not reactive. That's a difference. So you just want to be alert. So, you know, be able to look out for things, you know, if you have, um, if, you know, if, if you have someone who's a, you know, a little bit anxious or if there's something, you know, along the route, you know, you want your dog to be alert and be able to alert you for that. So you want to be like hyper vigilant. Um, again, willingness to please because, you know, they're for you. You want them there to help you. So they have to be willing to please you. Um, and also able to learn and retain information. Um, um, commands and stuff like that. We kind of see, you know, how fast they learn, you know, are they retaining the information? Can we teach them one day and then, you know, wait a few days and come back and they know the same thing. So it's very important that they retain information for your sake, um, when they're helping you out. Yeah. And, um, also 
like I said, the biggest thing is socialization, making sure that they're able to socialize and, you know, all environments and, you know, different situations and things like that. And so that they're able to perform the task repetitively. Um, yeah you uh, want them to perform, uh, perform the task. So basically you just want like a well-mannered, calm dog, okay? Um, so puppies in general, I know some po- folks are probably gonna watch this like calm. I have a puppy, <laughs> like, I, I like- I, the energy the puppy has. Yeah. yeah, so if you look at your dog now and their puppy, you're like, no way, it's not gonna <laughs> happen. So again, like you have to train, train is a key word. You have to train your dog, even if it wasn't a service dog, you have to train your dog to kind of be calm, but sometimes dogs are just calm um, just from start, but you can't, you know, train calmness and stuff like that. So another question, where to start? Where do I start with training my service dog? Um, Which is always, um, so you can go two routes with this. Um, So the first thing you want to do is get your dog um, the foundational skills. So foundational skills, meaning that um, start working on stuff in home first before we take it outside. So that means work on party training inside your house um, in different locations so that when you're out, your dog can go anywhere. Um, You want to work on um, socializing them um, to different objects, people, places, and things. Socialization is going to be like the biggest, biggest, biggest thing. Even if it wasn't doing service dog training, puppies in general, socialization helps them. Um, when they go out and about, not be fearful. And so we definitely need that with a service dog. So if you don't know anything right now, you're still doing your research, just start off with what you know. And if what you know is like, oh, I know my dog needs basic obedience training, you can start there because your dog needs that no matter what, um, even if it's a service dog. Um, So what you want to do, start off with socialization, start off with the house training, also, um, in addition, start off with basic obedience training. Um, and before, let me backtrack on that. Before basic obedience training, let me talk to you guys about the AKC club. So it's the um, AKC um, is the um, canine good citizen. Um, um, sorry, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here. So the AKC, what it is, it's the organization, it's the Kennel Club, um, where you can go to to get all this information kind of to help start you with training your service dog. So the first place you want to start is the AKC Puppy Star class. And I actually teach those classes. Or um, if you don't have those classes, you can always go to a private trainer as well. Like myself, I mean, your goals, and we can work on, you know, socialization and stuff like that. But you want to start with the Puppy Star class. And in that class is a six-week class or a six-week in-person training um, where, you know, we go where socialization is more for socializing with other puppies and more so to get you um, squared away to being a great puppy owner. So it's more about you making sure you understand exercising your dog, mental stimulation and stuff like that. So you kind of want to follow the track of the AKC with the puppy star um, classes and use that for guidelines and a benchmark to training your service dog. But essentially what that would look like is going through the puppy star class or training. So some type of basic obedience training after the socialization part um, and basic obedience, just to backtrack is just teaching your dog, sit down, watch me, leave it and come and some loose leash walking. Those are the foundational basics your dog needs to learn. So just starting there will be a good start to teaching your dog how to become a service dog. Um, Far as task work, um, that's like the biggest one, but you don't wanna get into that until your dog has the basics down. So I wouldn't worry about that till months and months later and just work on instilling the basics 
and getting your dog to like reliably do like a recall, reliably do a down and sit and all the commands before you start moving on to like um, the task work of it all. Um, so again, kind of backtracking to some common questions. Um, I already, you know, wh what rights do I have as a service dog owner? Um, so again, public access rights. You can take your dogs everywhere. The only caveat is the airlines. Um, all airlines are different. So um, if you're flying with a um, particular airline, just call them ahead of time and see what their guidelines for are for um, having a service dog come on a plane. So you can do that. Um, also, um, Googling or reaching out to your local trainer. Um, if you totally, you know, are lost, um, look, reaching out to your local trainer, because I know sometimes we go to the AKC website, it's a lot of information. And so it, it, it can be overwhelming, right? It, can be, it could be a little overwhelming. So if you yeah. reach out to a trainer, um, um, there are, um, um, so part of the Puppy Star test um, is, um, part of the Puppy Star class is a test at the end. And usually, um, that's what I forgot to mention. So what happens? Um, so there's no real regulations around service dogs. Like there's no like oh certificate. Like hey, I have a service dog or whatever it may be. But what people do look for is that you the dogs have completed that puppy star class. Um, it, it is a test at the end of it, making sure you know that your um, your dog can do like a, a basic sit and down, and that you you know you know how to put on your dog's ID tags, proper harness fitting. So there's a test at the end of that. So a lot of places, um, they won't ask, they can't ask you, um, oh, is that a service dog? They can't ask you, oh, what task can your service dog do? But they okay. can't ask you more than um, the two questions, like, you know, um, what task work can they do and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I just lost my train of thought again. That's fine. But, oh, yeah, oh, puppy star class. Yep, so the puppy star yeah. class. So most places will ask for that. And usually okay. if you have the puppy star test and after that, um, you can advance on to the canine good citizen class. And that's the class that really um, helps your dog when they're out and about and meeting and greeting strangers, going to different locations. So it's just a natural progression that after that class, you can take a therapy or therapy dog track class, or you can talk to a trainer like myself um, and we can actually get you um, on that path. A lot of the times what I like to do, because dogs do need socialization, I do the private training. Um, for the basic obedience, and then I have uh, my clients do the class in addition, so they can't tackle the in-home in a class at the same time. Okay. And it's always good to work with a trainer when you're doing this too, because if you have questions and stuff and you've been doing it on your own, you can always ask the trainer for guidance or the trainer can actually come up with a structured game plan for you to get your dog to the service dog level that you need. So exactly. it's almost best to kind of work with someone to um, get you up and going with that. Um, I can guide you in what you need to know and so that you don't you're not missing anything when exactly. you're going and doing those exactly. things right? so yeah yeah and so kind of like to wrap it up for folks um to get started you know just do some simple research first you know go yeah. to the AKC website um you can reach out to someone like myself and also um just to tell folks um People who teach the AKC classes are certified evaluators like myself. So you want to make sure that when you're taking these classes, that the person is a certified evaluator for the AKC organization. And they can go ahead and test um, at the end of class or the CGC test. Um, you don't have to take the class. If you think your dog's ready, you look yeah. on the website and like, oh, my dog can do this. Then you can look on the website and you can find a trainer um, to actually test your dog you okay. that way. You can get an ind independent test done, basically, if you think that your dog can sort of handle what's in the test and that sort of thing. 
Exactly. Exactly. So, yep. So, um, do some Google, do some research, yeah. talk to your family and friends. We got reach out to myself or local trainer for right. myself. Yeah. And it, even if you're not in Massachusetts, because I do virtual training as well. But um, yeah. and even if it's for a console or even if you know, just questions in general, yeah. in general, reach out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then when you're um ready to get started, um, just go ahead and either get started with the trainer or go, you know, talk with an organization. But either way. Just start your research there. Um, I but think doing oh, a research is key, right? Just really diving in and making sure you cover all your bases and you really are going to go yeah. with training. You know what you're doing and you, you've you done the research so you understand who you need to go with and who you're actually working with. So Exactly. And and, and also, it's, it's important to make sure that people understand that this is a really, it's, it's a commitment. Having a yeah. dog is a commitment in general, but service dog work is a commitment training them. And so you want to make sure that you're ready um, to put in the work. And just like I say, for any trading, put in the work now. It'll be worth it later on and you guys will be A-OK, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's how, you know, just wrapping it up. I gave you guys um, some pointers where to start. And as always, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me at Down for Pause. I really try to touch on what I hear most from my clients and try to help you guys out. So I hope you guys are able to join me next week for another new topic.